Thank you, music team. I know some people are feeling under the weather, but you're pushing through. Uh, we're going to take our offering in a minute, so I should come forward. If you are a guest, no obligation. I can't stress that enough. Um, actually, January 1st, for our regular folks, I'm taking the opportunity to teach about giving and what the Bible says about giving. And it's probably different than most of us, what we think about giving. And God says, don't give under obligation but give out of a cheerful heart. So we'll talk about that, do our budget stuff on the first, be here again for the members of San Carlos, and everyone's welcome. Let me pray, and we'll continue. Father, thank you for good gifts. Thank you for the many blessings. Take these and do your work in this community and throughout the world. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's good to see all of you here. Again, my name is Dave. I'll talk over the ushers, it's okay. They'll go ahead and pass the plate. We are... Um, Having an efficient service, because in a few moments, little learners, little kids will be here, awesome, and then our children from church will be here, which will be awesome, they'll be doing a little skit for you. Please, if you don't have children, encourage them, they've worked really hard, smiles and cheers, and when you know the song, guess what? Sing along, I just rhymed, I didn't even know that. If you, when you know the song, go ahead and sing along, it helps them greatly. I'm going to take a few moments and share another one of our Advent um, season topics. Let me go ahead and light these two candles right now. Um, if you're not familiar with Advent, uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about um, joy. And then we talked about peace and hope, and we'll get to love, and we'll light the Christ candle on Christmas Day this year, because it is on a Sunday. Um, and a season of Advent for the church is really just a season of remembering and waiting. It's happened since Christ came and returned, and again, it is a waiting time. Um, we've encouraged our church to, church to take time and slow down, and I'm going to read the Christmas story real briefly. Some of you have probably heard it once or twice, but this is from Luke chapter 2 and verse 15. Luke chapter 2, verse 15, if you have a Bible, pull it up. It should be on the screen here in a second. When the angels went away from them into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that had just happened, which the Lord had made known to us. Verse 16, and they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, and they saw it. They made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child, and all who heard, here's what I want us to see for a second, all who heard of it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Verse 19, many of us know this, especially moms and new moms, but Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. Flashback couple years, October 2014. Any Giants fans here? That's good, that was a good month, by the way. October, oh, yeah, October, not November, that was two years before. October 2014, my oldest was in sixth grade, and she was on year-round school. Double thumbs up for year-round school. Because I got to take her on a road trip because she had this little break, this fall break. So on a Sunday, we drove from church to Las Vegas. That's good for the pastor, right? So we drove to Las Vegas, and we stayed outside of Vegas. Don't judge me yet. Okay, that's how we do that. And uh, we got up the next morning and drove into Zion National Park in southern Utah. And it was amazing. And I saw this thing, Advertising Works, any of you adver advertising people, I saw this thing on TV three months before, The Mighty Five, and it talked about Utah's five greatest national parks, Zion, Bryce, Canyonlands, Capitol Reef, and Arches. 
And so we did it in five days. We're crazy, right? And they were all wonderful. They were all beautiful. But my favorite and our favorite was Canyonlands. If you haven't been there, go there, especially with your kids. It is like Mars, and literally like Mars. You feel like you're on another planet. I bring this up to kind of correlate it because I was in utter wonder the way the scriptures tell us that the shepherds and all the people who heard of this baby being born 2,000 years ago, and it was good for me. If you ever make it to Canyonlands, look up the false Kiva hike, K-I-V-A. And it's kind of cool because it's not, on the, um, it's not on the trail guide. If you show up to Canyonlands, there's no announcement of the false Kiva hike. There's no parking lot. You have to park in trees, kind of, and you have to get there kind of word of mouth. So we show up at Candylands, and I ask the ranger, hey, my daughter and I want to go to the Falls Kiva, and he kind of looks at me like this. Okay, and he, he says, you can't take any pictures. You can't write anything down. You must remember what I'm going to tell you. So he tells me how to get there. And so Kayla and I park on the side of the road, and I have a, pic- a picture here for you. This is what the hike started out looking like. It's Kayla and I walking towards something right there. That looks like the Bay Area during a drought, right? We're a little fearful, but you can see the trail, right? Something goes through there, hopefully not mountain lions or cougars. And we started walking. Next picture. Then it got a little better. And we started to go down kind of this canyon and she started to gasp every time she took a corner. But I was getting a little scared because nobody else was out there. And it was about 4 o'clock at night. We started to get down to our destination. And we saw like a 75 and a 73-year-old German couple walking out of where we were going. So I was like, yes, I'm on the right track. And they were awesome. They said, go, you got to do it. And next picture. This was our view for about an hour and a half. It literally looks like another planet. These things are called candlesticks, and they're little islands that pop out of the ground up towards the sky, and it looks like the Grand Canyon on steroids. And last picture, this is where we sat and had cliff bars, water, and trail mix. And just for about 30 minutes, my soul was at peace. I wondered about lots of things. I was thankful that I got to spend this with my Daughter, my oldest daughter, I lamented because more people I know weren't there to share this beautiful moment. And they have a little journal. We wrote our names and we left. Many of you and us have had experiences like this where you're in awe and wonder of nature, of relationship, of family. And I'm asking you in this Christmas season, just for a few moments, to remember those times. And I'm asking the question, What wasn't present when you were in awe and wonder of something? In my experience, it wasn't stress. It wasn't merely financial woes. It wasn't relationship woes. Those are all real. I'm not making light of any of those. But my point is, those vanished when I realized something was bigger than me and I was okay with it. That is much bigger than me. And I'm a decent-sized guy, right? That's awe and wonder. That takes your breath away, and I am at peace with it. And if you're familiar with history or philosophy, 
that's what every religion and every civilization has been struggling to find throughout history. Peace, both spiritual, we'll say, or personal, but real peace. And there's a correlation here. Wonder and awe are good for my soul. C.S. Lewis would say it this way, humility is strangely good for our soul. And I was in wonder here because I was humbled. (laughs) I'm like, first, if I fall off this cliff, it it matters in some way. My wife's much wealthier if I die. But anyways, that's, that's most of us men, right? The insurance comes through. But all the mundane doesn't really matter. And I want us to go back real quick to the scriptures and look at this term wonder, to literally be in awe. In the Christmas story, do we say, did angels really appear to shepherds? Maybe. I know it's a crazy story. Was there a king really looking to get rid of all the two-year-old boys so this prophecy wouldn't come true? Okay, that's in the scriptures. But I want us to look for a second at why we should be truly wondered at the Christmas account. Back a couple verses, guys. Luke 2, chapter 8. Same passage. We're preaching backwards. Verse 8. And in the same regions there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 9. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. That's a... That's what most of us think of when we hear the Christmas account. An angel appears, glory comes, or light, and they were filled with what? Look at the last part of the verse. They were filled with fear. Now, shepherds were lower on the socioeconomic scale. They were blue-collar workers. We'll say it that way, okay? They weren't executives or higher-ups, but they were just normal guys, but they were tough guys. I'm like really tough guys. I'm a fake tough guy because I'm not a tough guy. I was in Russia in 1993, and I saw a couple altercations. There's some real tough guys there. I just backed away. I said, you got it, man, whatever you want. That's how I rolled. But shepherds were kind of lone rangers, and they took care of their livelihood and put their life in the midst of danger many times, and these people were scared. But look at what the angel says. Next verse. Fear not, for behold, I bring you great news of great joy for all people. And then we go on to see what? Skip to verse 12 if you can. Many of us know the Christmas story, but this is what I want us to dwell on. This baby who was born to bring great joy to all people, even little ones who get fussy, it's okay. It's okay, don't, know. it's okay. I get fussy around 1.30 when I don't eat, amen? That's how we do it. But this great story, I want us to see this amazing thing. Don't be wondered at the angel, don't be wondered at the shepherd's bravery. Be wondered that heaven says, don't be afraid. That's a, that's a true gift to us. Don't fear, God says. My son is coming but be wondered at the last word. That the Christ child, the great child, was born in a cave in a manger. I want that to bring wonder to your heart as it does to mine. Because if we really understand that, I got a couple more minutes left, I can't unpack it all because the kids are coming. That should bring great wonder 
to us. One of the reasons I know in my heart Jesus Christ is the Lord is the way in which it was documented where he came to earth. I'll say it this way. Would Baron Trump ever be put in a manger? Would Chelsea Clinton ever be put in a manger? Would Holland Johnson, my littlest, ever be put in a manger? Pastor Sowery may be like a wooden thing, but no, not a manger, right? My point is the account of which we have God saying, here you go. Here's my best. We see humility, mercy, and grace, and that should bring wonder to the human heart. Because... In Jesus' living and in his dying and in his raising, he is fulfilled as both lion and lamb. Our kids, little learners' kids and first Baptist kids in a few moments are going to sing about a lion, and not really a lamb, I'll say it that way. Lambs are great, right? Even the little ones will approach a lamb. Any brave men or women in here? I got 5,000 if you'll go in a cage with a lion. In cash. Do we have that much? Anybody at church? Well, bankroll it, right? No, everyone's like, no way. But hear the prophecy. The prophet Isaiah and others taught us about this coming child, the one who would be born in a manger as the Lion of Judah, the one who would take the penalty of sin and death and do away with it forever. There's the lion. That's who we need. We need a lion to face what is our mortal enemy, death and sin. Paul would later write about it in 1 Corinthians 15 and says, Death, where is your sting? Death, oh death, you've been conquered, and you've been conquered in the blood of Christ. That's where we need the lion of Judah to stand up and say, no more. Remember how Jesus rode into Jerusalem. What was he saying when he was making a fool of himself on a donkey? No more senseless violence. My violent death will be the last, in a sense, meaningful violence the world will ever know because I'm doing away with it. And then we see the Lamb of God. We might get a petting zoo here in the next year or two because we want to involve the community. If there's little lambs, not, not full time, like one night, so don't get, okay, one night. Whew. Can't be pooper scooping too much, you know what I mean? But little lambs, I'm all in. You see God's full character in the Christmas story and on Easter Sunday. And just remember that. Jesus Christ, the God-man, came as a humble baby in a manger, not like a Roman prince or a U.S. first child. And love your kids. I'm not saying don't don't put your kids in a manger tonight. I'll come talk to you. You know what I mean? One child came in a manger, and that was good. Be in wonder about that. Let that awe your heart this Christmas season. I misspoke today's joy. We celebrate joy. It was on your bulletin. And we'll light our third Advent candle. And I hope the scriptures and some words that were spoken bring joy to your heart in a busy time where joy appears to be lacking, especially in our country, the last year and a half. I'll close with this because I studied it and I got to stall for three and a half minutes. This is called stalling. If, are any of you familiar with Plato? He lived about 400 years before Jesus. One of his greatest allegories was the cave. You guys familiar with that story? And I'm really going to try and do the Cliff Notes version. You guys understand what I mean by that? Like, whoop! Plato, a great thinker, a great man, him and his contemporaries, 
um, really wrote and dreamed up a lot of Western civilization. It has its flaws, I know, but it's still pretty darn good in some ways. When we are humble, that's funny, but he said the human condition is kind of like this. It's as if we all live in a cave and we are stationary. He says chained. And we can't really look right or left and we can't really move and we don't really have much perspective or depth perception because there's a faint glow behind us, either torches or fire, depending on the way you read it. And then there's puppeteers using puppets behind. And all we see as humans is faint shadows on the wall. And that's our only existence. And that's our reality. Movies like The Matrix kind of stem from that. I know there's other, but we see that, okay? And we're kind of imprisoned in this way. And Plato would go on to say, we need someone as humans to come into the cave to take off our chains and bring us out to the light. And we would see things differently. I'll end with this. We have a cute little manger scene up here. You see this? Everyone on three go, ah, one, two, three. I love it. I picked it out. It was donated. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's not really that accurate, but it's not heretical, big word. It's okay to have in church. But this whole thing, probably not accurate. Joseph, who was a good man, found his betrothed to be pregnant. He didn't do it physically. The story says God the Father did it supernaturally, and he was in limbo and was given a revelation by God to say, go do the right thing. Joseph goes to Bethlehem, and hear this, most likely saw Jesus delivered in a cave, because that's where they kept animals. That's where livestock lived. They didn't build barns yet. For some of you construction guys, they could have used you back then. It was, there's a hole, there's a cave, let's do it. Jesus Christ was born in a cave in a manger to take chains off human souls, to save them and draw them and cleanse them, then to commission them, not in a weird way. We studied it for seven months. You know what Jesus commissioned me to do as a Christian? Be a good husband to your wife. Don't be a jerk to your coworkers or people who don't think like you. Deal with your anger. Don't lie to people, Dave. So if we, if we think Plato was somewhat accurate, which he might be, just remember this and be wondered that God himself was born in a cave in a manger. And he says, whoever will receive me, come on in. And that's the message of Christmas. I see and hear our little kids lining up. Some of you are like, praise the Lord. No, I get that. Let me pray. And they're getting, look up Teacher Candace. We'll pray for Teacher Candace, yeah? She's awesome. And they'll come in. Thanks for being here again. If we can do anything for you, come flag one of us down. If you know the songs, please sing. You guys didn't listen. Thank you. If you know the songs, please sing. Let me pray. And... Uh, We'll get the second half of our worship service on board. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the humility and grace you bestowed in Jesus. Thank you for sending both the lion and the lamb, the one who would take our place and then in doing so, draw us close in humility and grace. Thank you for these families. Bless them and keep them. May your face shine upon them. 
Thank you for our church members. Bless them and keep them and shine your grace and mercy upon them too. In Jesus' name, amen.